We are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Hannah Wiley is a digital nomad powerhouse who runs an agency from her laptop. In this episode, she's going to show you how you can start your own agency and particularly some hacks that she uses to find clients on LinkedIn. Let's do this. Hannah Wiley, how are you going? Hi, Beck Power. Great. Coming to you from San Diego. Yes, that was my first question. Where are you? I Actually, you're all over the place. You were in Medellin earlier. I was in... I was early in Medellin, then I was in Mexico City. Yeah. Now I'm in San Diego for traffic and conversion. And I'm actually staying at my friend Michael O'Neill's house from the Solopreneur Hour podcast. Well, I mean, I don't know him. I met him once. Yeah. I know he's off at Social Media Marketing Worlds uh, giving talks. So he's letting me crash at his place. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for this episode because we haven't had anyone talk about um, agencies and how to build a nomadic agency which is, yes. you know, um, helping out clients that you can do from anywhere, mm-hmm. as you probably know. Um, mm-hmm. But let's start off by talking what you do, talking about what you do and how, how that works for you right now in your life. Right. So I run a Facebook and AdWords agency called Power Your Pipeline, and I mainly serve local businesses, dentists, doctors. I have a, um, whatchamacallit? What's the word? An amusement park client. So, you know, it's not a lot of agencies are helping coaches and information marketers, but mine are all local clients. And how that worked for me at first was I did a lot of in-person networking and I got clients locally. And then I realized that LinkedIn was an amazing way to get clients if you focus on vertical niches. And I kind of set up some LinkedIn um, prospecting strategies. And when you get a client remotely and you never ever see them in person from the get-go, they don't ever expect to see you in person. So uh, it makes it easier to be remote. So I, that's what I do. And I subcontract out a lot of the actual work. I manage the strategy, but I don't necessarily go in and run the campaigns. I check them, but I don't do all the service work. And that's what I consider to be an agency. I consider to, a freelancer to be somebody who's doing all of the work themselves. And an agency owner, even if it's just you and your laptop, is somebody that you're not necessarily doing everything. You manage a strategy. Maybe you're like the project manager, but you're not doing the work yourself. You kind of have subcontractors or even employees doing it for you. So that's why I call myself an agency. Got it. Cool. Yes. How did you get started doing that? I mean, you must have had a job at some point that you left. Yeah, I did have a job that I left, but that was a while ago. I actually started in online marketing. Like I sold my first ebook in 2009, I think. Um, And I just learned slowly over the years kind of different strategies and tactics to sell things online. Um, And then like in 2012, I was kind of selling stuff in like the relation, a lot of information products, like in the, in doing affiliate marketing in the relationship space, relationship for women. And that's a really hardcore. You have to learn a lot about marketing. And then I discovered, I forget exactly how that people were selling, you know, their Facebook ad skills and their online advertising skills to clients. And you can get a lot more money on a recurring basis. And it just sounded interesting to me. 
and I was kind of sick of selling information products, especially because at that time I was selling information products about things that I didn't personally, I wasn't personally that interested in. Mm. And so, um, I, uh, just through networking and people that I knew, I realized that that was an option, that was an opportunity. And so I decided to get my first client and it kind of just went from there. That's awesome. So it's, it seems, yeah, like if you're doing a job or selling something or doing a job that you're not passionate about, like you weren't passionate mm-hmm. about products, um, it seems that that's, yeah, it's really common for people to burn out or like just stop being. Yes. Well, especially information products. I would say it's not that I, it wasn't information products in general I didn't like, but to sell information products, you really have to write a lot of content. And so you better make sure that it's something that you're interested in that you can write articles about and not want to like kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And I at, personally, I wasn't that personally interested in the things that I was selling. And that was a it's weird. Like that was a lesson I only learned in retrospect. It seems like somebody could have told me somewhere along the way. <laughs> I had to figure that out on my own. And Sadly. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. What appeals to you about, you know, what appeals to you now about what you're doing? Well, I love marketing. It's just so interesting. Uh, you, it's so, you learn so much about uh, the human mind, human psychology, human behavior. I think marketing makes you a better person, to be perfectly honest. People think that marketers are scammy, but marketer, if you're good at marketing, you're more empathetic. You understand how to phrase something in a way so that the person understands what's in it for them. You learn to think about things and in terms of what's in it for the other person. It's just interesting. It's human psychology. Hmm. So, I don't know, and it's kind of fun to do, it's kind of fun to mastermind strategies to come up with, with like the whole like funnel of, of something. That, I, that's fun for me. You had the big picture stuff. The big picture stuff, exactly. Whereas before, like my first ebook I sold, it was about indoor gardening. I honestly don't care about gardening. And then I started selling things like to women, like how to be more attractive to men. And honestly, I just, I felt like it was, I just wasn't. I mean, sure, of course, I'm interested in general, but I just was not that interested in that topic. But somebody just told me, oh, you're a woman and you're good at this. This is like a really hot thing that's selling online. You should do this. So, I definitely think there's something to like working like within your own authenticity. Yeah. You know, there's something about like, even when I'm doing videos or whatever and I'm talking at the camera, I can feel if what I'm saying, I'm like, I really believe or if I'm like, oh, probably shouldn't you know I've deleted videos before because I'm like that's I don't even you know I didn't feel it yeah and it's hard when you have a camera in front of you when you have like a sales page in front of you it's I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying I always do it right like it's hard to be completely authentic because you do have an ulterior motive and so it's a balance I would say it's a balance but if something is just like boring you to tears or you just like you feel icky then it's probably time to find something or at least a different angle Maybe not scratch everything, but find a different way to approach it. So do you think that if someone wants to have an agency, potentially one day they're thinking about it, do they mm-hmm. need to start off as a freelancer or could you just jump right in with an agency? I th- what I, the, the number one thing that you need is a, a strategy that works. What you need is either a funnel that works, a campaign that works. Like let's say that you're 
uncle is a doctor and you just ran this like email campaign for him that got like a 20% re um, let's see, like, come back for second visit. You just, you need to find one thing that works. That's how you start. So I would say don't focus on being a service provider or anything else. Focus on getting a case study. That's what I would say. So whether you do that yourself, whether you outsource it, whether somebody told you about a strategy that you want to try out, get a case study within a niche that you think that you might want to continue working in. And then you have something, then you have something tangible that you can sell. You have like a Facebook ads campaign that works for doctors. You have an email strategy that works for like SaaS. Basically, you have now a template that you can go out and get more clients with. So I would say the number one thing you need to focus on, and if you work for free, that's fine too, is getting a case study with for a type of client that you think you would like to have more of in the future. I like it. That is really good advice. Well yeah. Because then you have an asset. That asset is now valuable to you. Yeah, definitely. Whether or not that person paid you, you have an asset that you can use. It's, it'll be one of the strongest pieces of your marketing um, arsenal. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's yeah. real quick, um, you know, how you get clients for, you know, once you've got that, how do you okay. start finding clients? I know you use LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn is great if you're going after vertical niches, which is what I do. And that's what I suggest, especially if you're providing any kind of service. I do Facebook ads and Google ads, but this can be anything. It can be if you're a website developer. It can be if you do SaaS marketing. Um, it really helps to go after a specific type of vertical. Even if you serve more than one type of client, at least on a marketing push, like when you're going out prospecting, prospect for one vertical type at a time. Because if I tell you, like, you know, everyone's a coach these days. If I said, hey, I'm a life coach, well, that sounds really boring. But what if I said, hey, I'm a life coach for digital nomads who are creating their own information products? All of a sudden, you're more interested, yeah, because that's exactly what you're doing. So if I say, I, you know, I do Facebook ads, I do Facebook ads for local businesses versus I help personal injury lawyers get more clients through Facebook ads, all of a sudden that sounds way more interesting. So the, the step one is just it, the way I go about getting clients. And I do use LinkedIn because it's so great when you're focusing on vertical niches. The first, the first step is decide which vertical niche you're going to focus on first. Is it going to be doctors? Is it going to be lawyers? Is it going to be SaaS businesses? Then decide what size company you want to go after. I, my last prospecting round, I went after um, law firms who had over 10 employees because I wanted them to have a marketing budget. So think about the marketing budget. Then once you kind of have this um, this profile, then you can reach out to them so, so much more easily rather than just saying, hey, I'm a Facebook ads expert. Because you're reaching out to a bunch of lawyers or a bunch of doctors or a bunch of SaaS companies, you can say, hey, I help SaaS companies get more recurring users through an email campaign. Or, hey, I help SaaS companies retool their, their website so that they get more opt-ins. And so your message gets more tightly tied to the type of person you're going after, more tightly tied to the objective that they want and it makes your entire campaign much more appealing so I would say use LinkedIn focus on a vertical do the sales navigator free trial because I think everyone has a free trial with that you can really target down to your second connections 
if you don't have any, so this is like a little LinkedIn class now, but if you have like very low amounts of people on LinkedIn, the very, very first thing that you do is connect to as many people as possible. And it has nothing to do with those people. So like add everyone on your email list, add everyone that, that LinkedIn suggests to sit there for like a day, just accepting all of the suggested um, friend requests or all the people that they suggest you. Get as many people as you can because they don't necessarily matter. What matters is their friends. So the more that your first connections you have, the more second connections you have. And to me, the money is in the second connections. In the second connections, now you can start filtering through and seeing, okay, like let's say you've decided to go after law firms. How many law firms, you know, connections do you have? If you're going after law firms, make sure that your profile says something like, I help law firms get more clients with Facebook ads, or like if it's SaaS, I help SaaS businesses get more reoccurring signups through email marketing or whatever the thing is. And then, then you go out and strategically reach out to them and you start a conversation with them, but all based around the niche and the vertical and the, and the tool that you use and the outcome that they want that you're offering. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It's, okay. Something I hear about verticals, you have to like go like narrow down as much as you can and then approach people. And I feel like people yes. have fear of, um, I think they have fear of niching. Mm -hmm. I think they definitely do because the thing is, whatever you're doing, it would help everybody. People say, you know, it's not that it won't help everybody because when people say, oh, no, it's not true. You can't help everybody. Well, yeah, you actually probably can. The thing is that message lands really poorly. That message is not powerful. So, I mean, if I say, if I tell a doctor, yeah, I help everybody with Facebook ads and then somebody else comes along and says, well, I help doctors with Facebook ads get more uh, like breast implant patients, like a specific outcome and a specific, I mean, what sounds more interesting? So, and you don't have to necessarily, although, you could, and actually a lot of people do, like only focus on one vertical, like on your website. But I would say like with a campaign push, even on LinkedIn, you can like just for two months, you can just focus on one vertical, make your whole profile around that vertical and then change it the next two months, focus on another vertical or even two weeks if you want. But in terms of being effective in, in prospecting, it's just so much more appealing. If, if, you're specifically addressing them and who they are. And if you think about it for yourself, like whatever you're doing, if you're a web developer, if I said to you, I have a Facebook ads campaign that helps web, web developers get more clients, isn't that more interesting than, you know, I help solopreneurs get more clients with, right. you know, it's so yeah, think about it to yourself. Yeah. I think mentally you the, the listener says, I'm a web developer and I need clients. That's me. And, and, and it really helps. It's so weird, but it helps to use like how you do it too. For example, I think we're now past the point where we just say, I help web developers get more clients. Mm -hmm. People want to know how, because now like there's a little bit more jadedness. Yeah. So when I say I help web developers get more clients with Instagram ads, all of a sudden they're like, Hmm, you know, I've heard about Instagram just because I have Facebook ads on my LinkedIn profile. People have contacted me like saying, you know, I've heard I need to start doing Facebook ads. And it's so funny. It's, it's the Facebook ads that, that they're interested in, but they know that it's Facebook ads for lawyers. So to me, it's a three thing. I help X do Z, no, X do Y with Z. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I help X do Y that used to work, but now people want to know how, like they don't, they're, they're a little more jaded, a little bit more skeptical. So yeah. if you tell them the how, that helps them to believe it. 
Yeah, I like adding that last bit. It definitely gives them something specific. Like audiences love being specific. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, freelancers or whatever, like just really hate it because it means they're like locked into something. Yeah. Don't think of it as being locked in. Think of it as just temporary. This is, I'm temporarily, and you could try it out with different verticals. Like let's say you're not exactly sure. Maybe you could try out doctors for a week or let's see, I'm trying to think what your clients, I mean, they, they, a lot of your people will probably, a lot of your listeners are probably focused on other entrepreneurs, you know, because a lot of virtual assistants are focused on getting entrepreneur clients. So you could try one type of entrepreneur, then another type of entrepreneur. So test it out a little bit, see what works. You don't have to be locked down. Yeah. Well, are you ready for the quick fire round? Yes. <laughs> cool. I think so. You think so? Let's see. Um, What is your, what is one of, or I guess two of your favorite websites or apps that you use in your business? You know, um, I really like, so I do AdWords and Facebook ads and I create the landing pages and everyone uses ClickFunnels, but I don't use ClickFunnels. I use Unbounce. So I'm going to say Unbounce. I like it because it's a great landing page creator that is truly drag and drop. What sucks is they don't have an affiliate program. And so I keep on telling them, you guys need to get an affiliate program because it's, I mean, come on. It, it would, I think a lot more people would be promoting them if they had an affiliate program, but I like Unbounce for very easy um, website, sorry, landing page creators. If you want to create a landing page exactly how you want it, you don't want to have to follow any um, confines. Like you can literally put like your face just in the middle of the page. Like you do not have to follow any structure at all. But they come with templates and I like that and it's really easy. To me, it's easier than ClickFunnels or anything else. Cool, so Unbounce and you got one more? Unbounce. Um, I like Drip for email marketing. Because it's it's kind of like you can create campaigns like um, if this then that you know, but it's not as expensive as like Infusionsoft. Um, so far, it's worked really well. I haven't tested it out against like ConvertKit, so I can't say if it's better than that. And what else? I like FreshBooks for invoicing and um, and managing like recurring invoicing and recurring payments. All right, cool. Um, we will have those links on the show notes. What okay. I may have already mentioned this, but what is your top LinkedIn hack or tip in terms of, we talked about going up to asking people, you know, like connecting with people. Yeah. Tip to, uh... Okay. Well, my top tip, well, it's kind of like a three point thing. View their profile when they see that, that when they've seen that you view their profile, they will view your profile. Then you go back to their profile. And this is my biggest tip. It's a little hack because I don't think a lot of people know it. Endorse them for a few of their key, uh, of their key um, skill sets. And a lot of people, when you endorse them on LinkedIn, they have an automatic message that goes out that just says, hey, thanks for endorsing me in XYZ. So they will send you a message. And so there you've triggered them to message you first. And then you write back and say, no problem. It looks like you're doing a really great job with your SaaS company. Mm-hmm. And in fact, and then, then I always add a compliment. I work for a lot of other SaaS companies and I can tell from experience that you're doing a great job. <laughs> so that kind of pumps you up. Yeah. It shows, and then it gives them, and so then they're like, oh, really? What do you do? So I would say, one, 
endorse them so that, that their automatic thank you message comes to you. That way they've started the conversation, you respond, giving them a compliment and a little bit of a hook, and then they come back. So that's, that's, that's a trick. Good tip. What is your favorite country to nomad in? I, you know, I think it's, I'm going to have to say Mexico. I really love Mexico. I lived in Spain for many years. I've lived in France. Guatemala is beautiful. I loved Portugal. Medellin is beautiful. But Mexico just has so much culture. It's so beautiful. The food is delicious. I just really like it. Amazing. That is like just how I imagine it. I've never been and I always get so excited when people talk about it. It's, I think, well, as an American, I think we vastly underrated as, as a culture. But I think maybe it's not underrated around the world. But it's the people, in general, you meet a lot of interesting, forward-thinking, um, educated, artistic, cool, entrepreneurial people in Mexico. I like that. All right. Um, so lastly, what if someone's thinking about getting started online and they are critical, like maybe a little bit skeptical, not critical, skeptical, mm -hmm. or just wondering if it's right for them, what's your advice mm -hmm. for them to get started? Well, I would advise them to understand, first of all, that there are really different models of online um, income generating. So are you the type of person who likes to work with people? Do, would you like to have clients? Or are you the type of person who really enjoys just creating content? Or are you the type of person who loves to create videos? I would say understand yourself. Any skill set that you have can be translated online. Uh, but it, it, you really have to understand what you are willing and capable and would like to do. So if you, it, so there's not just one way to make money online, you know, affiliate marketing would have to do with a lot of like, do you enjoy the idea of being very technical or do you the, prefer the idea of creating videos? So first of all, understand what you like to do and know that there's a lot of different paths and then just go out and, and, gosh, I mean, decide what one step would be for you. Like go out and research that. Okay, well, if it's affiliate marketing, maybe just sell one or recommend one product and see if you can get one affiliate sale. If it's you decide you like website design, well, then just get one website client or do it for your brother or something. Go out and test in some way what it was that you came up with and understand that it's, you know, it all requires work. It just depends on what type of work you're willing to do. And then maybe even go on to unbounce and just like, sorry, not unbounce, go on to Upwork and, and try out a little trial. Like you're not going to get paid very much, but you can test it out and see if this is something that you might enjoy doing. Awesome. Good advice. And last, yeah. last, last thing, where can people find out more about you online and connect with you? People can find out about me. I'm starting a new community and uh, also a podcast for people who run agencies from their laptop from anywhere in the world um, at laptopagency.com. So laptopagency.com, you can get a checklist, how to start a profitable agency from anywhere in the world and then outsource the majority of the work. And uh, our laptop agency on Facebook, you can find the group and join. If you are interested, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, which I highly doubt, but if you're interested in having me do AdWords or Facebook ads for you in your local business, go to poweryourpipeline.com. Awesome. Great Thank you. Hannah.
I know, it's great to see you all the way across the world. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.